Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Kicking off a new series today, I'm super excited, called Now Concerning Spiritual Things. And I really believe um, this is going to be a great blessing for us as a church as we lean into this. And um, I've been thinking about the fact that um, I, I don't know whether you've been here the last the last kind of couple of months, but some crazy stuff's been happening. Some spiritual things have been happening. And I really think that over the, um, over the next three weeks, as we look at this topic and do this series that it's actually going to um, like take some of the things that are in the mystery and uh, the mystery is great but take some of the things in the mystery and we're actually going to go okay I, I can like I see where the theology of of the spiritual things that are happening actually comes from you know and and they're actually these are not extra biblical but they're straight from scripture and so uh, we're just going to get straight into the Word today. Um, our series is called Now Concerning Spiritual Things, title of my message as well, if you're taking notes. And we're going to start um, right from uh, the verse that this comes from, which is uh, 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 1. It says this here, check this out as it comes up on the screen. Now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Uh, who's who's just quick? Who's the like King James ver- version person? Is there anyone that's like I, I like King James? What about New King James? NIV. This is an NIV. My Bible's an NIV. I like the ESV, but I don't have one. Now, if you're reading in King James or um, or in the NIV, this verse here will be now concerning spiritual gifts. Um, which is great. Um, other translations say manifestations, but a bunch of translations say spiritual things. Um, and if you've got a translation that is um, like super, not accurate, um, that is trying to be um, accurate with um, how we, like with what actually Paul was writing when he wrote that verse, the word gifts will be in italics if it's there. And if we go to the next slide, you're going to see we're going to look at some. Um, we're going to look at this verse in Greek today. So check this out. Okay, so so it says um, this is it in Greek. So um, you've got second column is uh, the Greek, third column is English. So in English it, it reads concerning now because they speak funny, and then there's a word there that we don't translate into English at all. But you look at it, it means the concerning now the spiritual, and then in brackets gifts. And then it's the rest of the verse. Imagine if we talk like that. Concerning now the spiritual gifts, brothers, do not, I want you, I do not, I, brothers, not, I do want you to be ignorant. And then if we go to the next slide, this is the word um, that's used there for spiritual and then the, in brackets gifts. So the meaning um, so the meaning is spiritual when translated into, into English. The definition is spiritual and the use, usage is spiritual and it's derived from the word spirit. So there's no gifts in there. That's, that's added later, probably when um, King James, the King James Version was translated. And let's check this out. Look at this, the meaning of this, um, of the word actually there. It means spiritual, relating to the realm of the spirit, the invisible sphere in which the Holy Spirit imparts faith and reveals Christ. 
Man, that's a powerful word. If we put that into the, the verse we're looking at today, and check this out. Now concerning the realm of the Spirit, the invisible sphere in which the Holy Spirit imparts faith and reveals Christ, I do not want you to be unaware. I don't know about you, church, but I don't want to be unaware about that realm. The word that stands out to me in this verse is the word brethren. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to people of faith. He's talking to the church in Corinth. He's, he's talking to people who are seeing signs, wonders, miracles. They're seeing healing happen. They're prophesying. They're using words of knowledge. They're doing all these things. He's talking to these people and he says, Hey, you guys, you spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christians... I don't want you to be unaware. I didn't know whether you knew this, but you can be spirit-filled, Bible-believing, led by the Spirit, healing the sick, prophesying, performing miracles, raising the dead, and you can be unaware of the spiritual thing of spiritual things. You can actually be unaware. And uh, do you know what? I've I've made this argument, so this is coming from a place of like I understand this. It would be easy to be like, well, hey, it doesn't matter if I'm aware or not. You know, I just want to go with the flow, you know, whatever the Holy Spirit's doing. Like, that's fine. I just want to be Spirit-led and walk in the gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, that would be enough for me, you know. Like, I, I don't need any of that. You know, ignorance is bliss. Who's heard that one before? If I understand too much, this is a classic. I definitely have said this. If I understand too much about how God moves... I'm going to box him in. But I want to, I want to look at verses um, 2 through 6. This isn't on the screen today. Um, that um, Paul actually lays out the argument for why we need to be aware. So he says to them um, in verse 2, I know that, you, sorry, you know that when you were pagans. So he says this verse now concerning spiritual gifts, uh, concerning spiritual things. Um, I don't want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray. And then he says in verse 4 and 5, there are different kind of gifts, but the same spirit that distributes them. There are different kinds of ser service, but the same Lord. The reason we have added the word gifts is because from an English point of view, it makes sense that you open up the passage that talks about spiritual gifts by talking about spiritual gifts. Like if we're going to, you know, write a chapter, you in the first line, we like kind of be like, this is what I'm going to talk about, and then I explain it. But when, when you look at it in context, what I think Paul is doing is he's talking about the spirit realm, as we can see from the word he uses. He chooses to use the word that means the spiritual realm. And he's using gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, as his talking point to actually help explain to these people using a problem that they're actually facing. See, what's happening, and, uh, and you can kind of read this from how he writes this, what's happening is these guys have come from, as he says, a pagan culture. A, a polytheistic culture where there are many gods. And in a polytheistic culture, you don't have one god doing multiple things. You have different gods for everything in life. There's a, the god of fertility or the god of the sun or the god of wind or probably the god of candy and you know, all of that kind of stuff. The god of provision. Like every different sphere of life has a different god. 
And so they start experiencing the Holy Spirit, and in some he's healing, in some he's moving in gifts of miracles, some are speaking in tongues, some are prophesying, some have words of knowledge, and their cultural bias from being pagans tells them, hey, well, that must mean there are different spirits. That must mean that there's different spirits that, you know, God's sending to, you know, that all in best intentions, that God's sending to each of us. And so he's, it, Paul's actually more specifically addressing this specific issue of you guys, you guys think that the spiritual gifts are like, you know, different, different um, spirits, but, but he says um, there are different types, types of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. He's addressing a specific issue. Here's why it's important that we aren't, that we are aware, that we're not unaware because when we're unaware, our cultural bias, the religion of our culture, we will superimpose that over the way that the Spirit of God works and over the spiritual realm. See, we don't live in a pagan polytheistic culture. That's not what we have here in New Zealand, but we do live in a secular one. We live in an instant culture. I think one of the ways that the Spirit of God is uh, misunderstood in our culture is we pray and expect God to move instantly. He does. He is moving, but he's also outside of time. But we try to put our microwave instantaneous um, experience of culture. If we're unaware, we put that over the t- over top of the Spirit of God and we, we, we don't leave any room. There was another one that I thought of, but it, it's escaped me. I thought of it in the shower this morning. He probably didn't need that image. Don't think about it. Come on, guys. Come on. But if we if we're unaware, if we're um, if we're some translations use the word ignorant. If we're ignorant to the spirit, we can actually fall into the trap of taking our cultural biases, our background, the the dominant culture that we live in, and superimposing that over what God's doing, over the way He's moving. Oh, that was the other one. I, I, I don't know whether you've ever noticed this, but churches in general, especially in Western culture, seem to be way more comfortable with prophesying, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, things like that, than miracles and casting out of demons. That's because our, um, our, our, like our, our culture, because our culture, culture is secular, we're more comfortable with the verbal talking gifts of the Spirit than the physical manifestations because they really grind with us. You go to churches in India, people always talk about the fact that when you go to the th- a third world country, they're way more spiritual. And so, you, you know, God moves more. But I think what's happening is that they, they're in a spiritual culture where manifestations and witch doctors and curses and blessings are a normal part of everyday life. And so there's no barrier. That was the other one that I thought of. If we're unaware, if we are, if we're ignorant, if we're misguided, misleaded, we begin to put our cultural lens and, and look at the Holy Spirit, the spirit realms through that. It's great to be spirit-led. We love the Holy Spirit. 
you know, we, we love the presence of God. We love the gifts of the Spirit. It's great to be Spirit-led. But write down number one today, we need to be Spirit-led and Spirit-aware. It's, it's, we need to be Spirit-led, church, and Spirit-aware. It's great to be Spirit-led, but we, we don't want to be ignorant about it. We don't want to be misguided, misleaded. We don't want to be unaware. I think this is important for us to understand as we move forward as a church. You know, I tell you what, this isn't a church with a small vision. Like, if you want a small vision, this isn't the church for you. This is a church where we believe God's going to do big, big things. And when God does big things, we actually need to be aware of where he's leading us. Not just of the direction, but we actually need to be aware of what he's doing. We need the spirit and truth. And I was thinking about the fact that, like, the, you know, we've got the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I think the church over the last 2,000 years has done a great job of understanding the Father heart of God. We understand the Father really well. Sometimes he does stuff, like, completely out of what we expect but as a general, we, there's a pretty wide consensus over who the Father is across the church, across all Christians. When it comes to Jesus, we understand him as Savior, as the one who died for our sin, the one who, who sets us free. We, we understand him as King and as Lord. Well, like right across the church over the last 2,000 years, we've understood how Christ's, you know, there's been minor disagreements, but we basically understand what happened when Jesus died on the cross. But if you look at the record that the church has had of misunderstanding the Holy Spirit over the last 2,000 years, even today, how many like churches are ju- just are like, oh no, the gifts of the Spirit, they're, they're not for today. The, 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 I think the Holy Spirit, the spirit realm is probably the one area where there's the, the least consensus among, amongst Christians. Like you could, depending, like I, I don't know about you, but I know no matter what church I go to, I, I would would probably understand the Father and understand the Son. But most Christians probably actually pick a church who agrees with where they, you know, how, how you view the Spirit of God and how you view the supernatural realm. And so I think this is important because it's actually, it's an area where the devil has actually bought division. He's bought, um, he's, you know, bought uh, division between the church. And so we actually want to be aware. So we want to be spirit-led and spirit-aware. All right, write down number two today. We need to be aware of the spiritual realm. That's the word that's used in the in the verse. You know, um, what does he say? Now concerning spiritual things, uh, now concerning spiritual, that word spiritual means the, the realm of the spirit. We need to be aware of the spiritual realm. I want to talk about um, an idea today, a concept that, you, you you might have heard of heard of it. You might have this might be like the first time for you, but um, I think this is a really great starting point um, for how to view um, the the spirit realm, how to view everything. I think it, it creates great context um, for that. So I want to look at some Bible verses. This isn't just like a random idea that somebody came up with. This is from Scripture. Um, so I want to look at some Bible verses. The first one, Genesis one one. You know this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I don't know how many times you've read that, but have you noticed that the word heavens is plural? There's an S on it. God's trying to say something to us. It's not just one realm, 
you know, that's heaven and then one realm that's earth. There's, there's, there's more than just that. That might be the, the first thing that blows your mind today. And then, in, so we've been reading from 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, chapter, two, uh, chapter 12, verse 2. Paul writes, I, I, know, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. So Paul, um, Paul writes this. Um, he's writing this to the Corinthians. Um, you look at the rest of the context. The man he's talking about is himself. Imagine if we talked about, like, text. I text Larissa after this and was like, hey, I knew a man who, um, who preached this morning. Um, and his, the, you know, like, it would be weird. But he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. In verse 4, he describes that place as paradise. And so I think we can uh, pretty accurately descri- like uh, take from that that he's describing he, what he calls the third heaven is what we would call God's heaven. That's like heaven. That's the, the place that we pray on earth as it is in heaven. That's the place where the throne is, where the angels fly around singing holy, holy, holy. That's, that's the third heaven. Now, I don't know if there are any mathematicians in the room, but once you've got a third of something... You kind of need a first and a second. Like that, that's kind of implied. Does anyone agree with, with, with me on that? It's implied. So we've got a first heaven and a second heaven. We've got to do some digging. The Bible says, and check this out, Ephesians uh, 6, 12. I'm sure you know this verse as well. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And against, check this, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So it describes a place where there are spiritual forces of evil and it calls it heavenly realms. And I tell you what, there's no demons in God's heaven. The third heaven, that, that's, free of, that's free of demons. God kicks Satan and all of those guys out. Um, the Bible says they fell like lightning. Um, they are not welcome in God's heaven. So there's got to be somewhere, a spirit realm that is not heaven, but is something else. And so that is what we would call the second heaven. That's where, um, that's the spiritual realm. Um, and that's where we would talk about, you know, um, demons and principalities and powers and spiritual warfare takes place there. And it's got kind of the medieval image of like Gabriel with a massive sword chopping off a demon's head and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's probably the one that like clashes the most with our culture. We're like we like the nice paradise heaven, but maybe not the spiritual realm so much. So we got a third heaven, second he- third heaven, God's heaven, second heaven, the spirit realm where demons and angels, you know, all of that kind of stuff happens. Spiritual warfare, principalities, powers, spiritual forces of evil, and then. We look, if you look through Scripture, there's no like other spirit realm um, that you know that that is described. And so, the first heaven is what we would is where we live. This this earth um, is the the best um, kind of thing that we can come up with from this. So, third heaven, God's heaven. Second heaven is the spirit realm. First heaven is the world we live in. And this makes a lot of sense when you look at Hebrew and Greek culture. We look at 
all things as either spiritual or non-spiritual. They don't have that divide. Everything is spiritual. Um, it, when you look at the way that the Jewish people view things, there's no such thing as spiritual or non-spiritual. Everything is is about the spiritual. Um, and so that makes sense that the first heaven is the physical world we live in. Now, you might be here today and you're real, like, practical, like, I want to apply theology to my life. And you'll be like, man, this really is, this is interesting, but I do not see how this is, like, useful to me. Well, I'm here to tell you. See, it's important. This is when that becomes really important in your life. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows, James 1.17. So we know everything good comes from God. That's the third heaven. So everything good comes from there. But your problems can come from the first heaven or the second heaven. Your problems can come from the first heaven or the second heaven. Now I want to potentially bust some lies. Not all of your problems are your own, but also not all of your problems are the devil's. The devil's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. He's not all-knowing. He's not everywhere at once. He can only be one place at one time, and he's probably not going after you. Just being real. Maybe like Bill Johnson. or like, But like the devil is not actually... Like, like, anyway, we, we rebuke him off Bill Johnson in Jesus' name. But your problems can come from the first heaven, the world we live in, that's when you make choices. People around you make choices. Or we live in a fallen, broken world. Your problem can come from one of those three places. Or it can be a spiritual force, a, de- a demonic attack, something that you're coming up against from the second heaven. Where this is useful is it actually helps us to be aware when we're engaging in prayer. See, if you've got a first heaven problem, you've made a dumb choice. Uh, Chris Vallotton says that everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is that you made a stupid decision. Maybe you made a, a silly choice. Maybe someone around you made a silly choice. Or maybe you just it's, it's a product of being in a fallen, broken world. And you spend all of your time praying, rebuking the devil and being like, get off me, Satan. You, you've, missed the, you've missed the point. Like, like you've actually got a first heaven problem and you, you, need, a, you need God to give you a first heaven solution. But if you've got a second heaven problem, you've got a demonic force that you're coming up against. Maybe you're, you're facing the spirit of death every time you, you get into your bed and you're just like, man, I feel so suicidal. And all you do is go to counseling. Go to counseling if you, if you are. But if all you do and you've got, if you're unaware and you don't have uh, any idea of what's happening in the spirit realm, you'll be working hard, working hard, trying to make all the right decisions, trying to do everything. But you've missed the point that there's a demon that you need to rebuke. And so actually being aware of the spirit realm allows us to identify where our problem's coming from and how to actually address it properly. Just trying to see if there's anything else I had to say about that. We need to be aware of the spirit realm. We actually need to be, we, we need to have our eyes open. We need, this is something we, we can't just be spirit led, that's great. And the Holy Spirit is a great guide. But I think if if you if you um, if you're lead, letting him lead you accurately, he's going to make you aware of the stuff. You know, when I was um, 16 years old, 15 or 16, um, and the worship team can jump up um, now. That, um, when I was about 16 years old, um, I 
um, I came along to, I'd I, I started coming to church. I've been a Christian for a couple of years and we were doing this thing on Sunday nights. Um, this uh, was a Bethel course, School of Supernatural Ministry. And basically the way the evenings would go is we'd show up and there was maybe 20 or 30 of us here and um, we'd watch, you know, a 40 minute teaching from, um, from, you know, the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And in fact, I remember the very first one is a, is a video of Bill Johnson and he's wearing a bright orange Hawaiian shirt. I don't know why that's stuck in my brain, but it's, it just is. Hence why today. It was uninte- fully unintentional. It was a spirit, you know. But so we, we, I started coming along to this thing and it, honestly, it was really awesome because it was during this, um, this time that I learned to prophesy. I learned to get words of knowledge. I learned how to pray for sick people. I learned how to do so many of those things because we'd watch the video and then afterwards we'd kind of practice, you know, some of the things and we'd, we'd, we'd become aware of the spiritual realm. But all of that aside, the most life-changing thing that happened to me because of this, um, because of this course we were doing is each week they would give you four or five things of homework to do. Homework. I was a, at high school and I kind of, you know, was like, ugh, homework. It's being real. But I, the very first night, I got given the sheet at, at the end and it had the homework at the bottom, it had all the notes. And the very first thing in the, um, in the homework was to go and read Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 and highlight every time it says, in Christ through him anything like that and so I went home and I did that this is my bible from back when I was a 16 year old um it was actually one of those ones you know the free ones that you give out when someone becomes a Christian but Larissa got it bound in leather so it doesn't look it's not read with a bible verse on the front anymore um so I I went away and I read these verses and um I'm just going to flick through while I'm while I'm talking um, and I went away, read these verses, and um, about a year, and I remember saying, I read them, and I remember saying, you know, I'm going to read these every day for a week. I'm going to just like really, um, you know, get into it, and I'm going to read these verses for a week. And a year later, I'd read them every single day, these, these verses. I'm going to read some of these to you. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He, um, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In him, we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins and accordance, the riches of God's grace. I love this verse that he lavished upon us. He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ. In Him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity to the purpose of His will. Um, When you believed you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until a redemption of those who are God's possessions to the praise of His glory. And then there was this verse. God raised me, oh, God raised him up. I wrote the word me in there because I, I was declaring it over myself. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Write down number three today. We need to be aware of our spiritual 
location. God raised us up and seated us with Christ in heavenly realms. Now, I don't know whether you know this, but He's not in the first heaven and He's not in the second heaven. Jesus is sitting on the throne in the third heaven. He's King. He's seated on the throne and God raised us up and seated us with Him. Now, it's such a powerful verse. We need to be aware of where we're located. We actually have an option as a Christian as to how we're going to be, how we're going to play this thing out. We can live with our perspective from earth. We live here, we, you know, we can be first heaven focused. Or we can actually lift our eyes, lift our expectation, lift where we're looking and we can have our perspective from the third heaven. We can, we can actually, we are located in the third heaven, seated with Christ, and we actually have the op- opportunity and the option to choose where we're going to live from. Are we going to live from earth looking towards heaven? I think you know people who are like that. All Their only hope of Christianity is that one day they're going to leave earth and they're going to go to heaven and be with Jesus. Or, or we can live from heaven towards earth, seeing what heaven looks like, having a glimpse of what it looks like when heaven invades earth and we, and we can begin to pray, hey, on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. We have a choice, church. We have a choice to actually choose where we're going to locate ourselves. You're on earth. You're in heaven. And so we actually have the opportunity to pick, you know, where am I going to, where am I going to look at this problem from? And then we can begin to go, hey, okay, I've identified this is a first heaven problem or this is a second heaven problem. And I'm in the third heaven and we've got a solution no matter what comes my way. situations and be like, hey, my body might be here on earth, but my spirit is seated with Christ. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening.